from Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. I am your host, Gary Howard, on another Monday Murder edition of my show. Hopefully, y'all have been enjoying these that I've been doing. I've been trying to put these out every Monday. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed my last episode of the Murder in the Stacks. If not, it would be awesome if you want to check that out. Also, let's talk about what I do on this show. This is a podcast where I cover somebody who was executed by the United States after 1976 when it was reinstated. And I think I'm on going order. So far, I've covered Gary Gilmore and John Similak. Hopefully, Similak, Similak, something like that. Hope you all enjoy that. And today we have Jesse Walter Bishop. He was the third person executed after death row was reinstated back in the United States. Also, it would be, if you haven't already, rate, review anywhere you listen to this podcast on, join my YouTube channel. But I'll have all that at the end of the show. So without further ado, this one does not have no truck stop. Now, I'll have on my regular episode where I do cover this truck stop. That's on my regular truck stop murder podcast. This is just a murderer. person got executed. Now, being said that, the, the, my Wednesday episode, I'm going to try to put on Wednesdays, is not going to be no death penalties there. Just somebody who got sentenced so much time or life in jail, whatever, but does not revolve punishment as being death row. So anything on death row or execution will be on this. And I really started this because hopefully, I said this a couple times, I'll be starting my new career at the Polinsky Unit in Livingston, Texas, where they do house death row. So maybe I could get insight on some of these individuals or convicts that have been on death row so without further ado let's talk about this individual we're talking about jesse walter bishop he, he was born march 1st 1933 he was executed october 22nd 1979 and that's the thing about these there's no build-up i'm telling you what's happening from at the get-go but how did he get there i know i'm not giving this kind of like a spoil alert but makes you wonder well what did he do to get on death row yeah I guess you can look it up yourself, but I hope you listen instead. <laughs> okay, he was American criminal convicted of the December 1977 murder of David Ballard during a robbery at a Las Vegas strip casino. Bishop was executed in 1979 by the state of Nevada via gas chamber. And I'm going to give you all a warning right now. I'm actually recording at home, and you might hear some cats meowing in the background. We kind of turn a house into a cat sanctuary and I see Zero running around trying to get out trying to break free I'm just going to leave it in all the kitty meows and whatnot. so I hope that don't bother you if, if so I'm sorry but yeah since he was back to the gas he was stayed in the via gas chamber became the first person executed in Nevada since 1961 he was also the first person to be executed in Nevada since the reinstatement of the death penalty and third person after Gary Gilmore and John Finkeling. There you go. The United States. In the United States. So Bishop was born. Let's look a little history about him. He was born March 1st, 1931 in Glasgow, Kentucky. One of four children. Bishop's parents separated when he was 11. He stayed with his mother together with a sister while his father took custody of the two brothers. But Bishop couldn't get along with his stepfather and moved to his father's home in East Los Angeles. But according to Bishop, this is when he was vicious. He said his father beat him twice a year regardless of whether he needed it or not. If he done anything or not, it's that time of year again, I'm going to have to beat your ass. 
just regular rotation, at least twice again. It don't say if there was um, date or time, you know, when he got his ass whipped, but at least twice a year, he would just beat him for no reason. So at age 15, Bishop joined a street gang and committed his first armed robbery in Southern California. Two years later, he joined the Army as a paratrooper. Now, Wikipedia has Air Force. And so if you go on Wikipedia and look it up, you say, well, he was wrong. He was not an Army. Everywhere I looked said Army. Newspaper clippings, everything. Army, Army, Army. But Wikipedia has Air Force. So don't always trust Wikipedia. And I use it as a good foundation to start from, but I go search different locations, newspaper.com, Murderpedia, or anything, news clippings, just or newspaper.com is news clippings. I mean, there's different websites. Just search. It don't take that long. But just do not go for Wikipedia only because there you see it right there, proof that it was wrong. So, yeah, he spent two years back to the Army. I lost my spot. He joined our there you go. He served in the Korean War where he sustained injuries and was decorated for his actions, the Purple Heart. But I don't know if it was from being in Korea or what. Bishop developed a drug habit and was caught in possession of heroin, resulting in him being dishonorably discharged. He spent two years in the United States disciplinary barracks in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, before running returned to life as a civilian. He had then led a Life of crime, which mostly full of drug offenses and robberies. In 1962, Bishop served time in California State Prison for robbery and spent five years behind bars. He was paroled in 1967, but continued his life of crime, abusing heroin and committing robberies in 1970. He returned to prison once again. He successfully escaped from prison in 1972, but was caught shortly afterwards, returned in 1967, he won a parole to Los, in Los Angeles. However, according to the prison records, he continued to abuse heroin and commit crimes. In 1977, he committed an armed robbery and became a wanted fugitive. During this time, he had married twice with two, had two children. So there goes a little bit about him. And let's talk about why we're talking about him. So on December 20th, 1977, Bishop walked into the El Morocco Casino in Las Vegas Strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. Armed with a 38 caliber revolver, he held up the female cashier and demanded all the money. Two men that had witnessed the robbery had attempted to intervene, employee Larry Thompson and another casino customer, which was at his honeymoon at the time of the celebration of the, they just got married, David Ballard. So tried to stop him. They tried to stop him. Bishop shot Thompson in the stomach and Ballard in the back as he tried to flee. Bishop stole $238 and fled the casino. Thompson survived the shooting, the employee, but Ballard, the guy who just got married, a 22-year-old newlywed Volkswagen mechanic from Baltimore, Maryland, Maryland, succumbed to his injuries 10 days later. So he passed away December 30th. Of 1977 so I'm just not going to bypass him and I say nothing about him I found out find a grave his um, little information about him David A. Ballard who's I guess this time his obituary let's talk about him beloved you married just a few hours when this all happened he tried to stop the robbery you know but unfortunately he was shot and killed I mean he wasn't killed at the site 10 days later he came to his injuries but David A. Ballard beloved husband of Catherine 
loving son of Robert William Ballard Jr. and the late Sylvia Ballard, brother of Cindy R. Hughes, Robert William Ballard Jr., Michael E. Ballard, and Deborah L. Bauer, grandson of Stella, says his family. He says his service will be held at John T. Stenberg funeral and he gives his address. This is past two, so. David Ballard married Catherine K. Anderson in Las Vegas, Nevada on December 20th. So that day, both were visiting from Maryland. Like I said, he was a Volkswagen mechanic. Davis was, David was wounded about two hours after the wedding in a robbery of, so yeah, two hours. He had just got married. The newness of the marriage had not, you know, came to pass yet. So they're still celebrating. And so he's trying to stop the robbery, and I'm repeating myself. But, yeah, he just really was, I don't know what type of person he was. I would like to know more information about him. But a lot of times there's really not much about the victim in a lot of these cases. You know, a lot about the perpetrator, but the victim, don't. that's why I'm trying to find the grave on here. But, yeah, he was born July 2nd, 1955 in Baltimore, Maryland. He died, of course, 30th of December, 1977, age 22. He is buried, if you ever, in the Maryland area, Baltimore County, in Woodlawn Cemetery, in Woodlawn Cemetery. His memorial ID is 128-499-707. So if you want to go by there and pay your respects, that would be amazing. So, yeah, following the shooting, Bishop fled the casino in a green car, which was found abandoned at the Frontier Hotel. The following day, he later grabbed a man at the Union Plaza Hotel in downtown Vegas a day after the murder and stole his car. So he's just going around stealing everybody's car. Bishop abandoned the stolen car and then stole a pickup truck during his attempt to flee from authorities. He later took hostages and got into another car at gunpoint, ordering the owner to drive him around. He then hijacked a U.S. mail truck and took another hostage. Finally, he stole a UPS truck, bringing a number of vehicles that he has stolen up to five. He later abandoned the UPS truck and made his way off foot. And then on December 22nd, two days after the casino robbery, Bishop was captured following an extensive manhunt. He was captured in Boulder City, Nevada, burling underneath on a trailer like a little rat. You know, they found him sleeping underneath a mobile home or camper. They, I don't know if this, they're about, about the same thing, but he, he had crawled underneath this trailer probably single wide sleeping under there like I said like a rat so the gun used in the murder was found in his possession despite claiming he would shoot it out with authorities Bishop surrendered quietly and was taken into custody before being taken back to to Las Vegas to face the charges Bishop was first sentenced to death on so he was found guilty of course that's why we're talking to him Bishop was first sentenced to death on February 10, 1978, after he admitted to murdering so he, Ballard. He, he said he's not trying to hide the fact he admitted to it. Bishop said he would not appeal from the moment he was sentenced and even feared his execution would never be carried out. So we, here we go. We have another Gary Gilmore case where he is, the, you know, he's saying you sentenced me to death, so kill me. What are we waiting for? I'll get more into it. But yeah, under Nevada law, he did not want to appeal nor like that, but under Nevada law, the coroner of Nevada must review any death sentence. Automatic appeal was filed against the wishes of Bishop. He tried to fire his attorneys in an attempt to speed up his execution. In 1979, the Supreme Court of Nevada refused to reverse the sentence, so he was happy. He didn't mind. On August 1st, 1979, Bishop was sentenced to die in the gas chamber. 
So there you go. That's how you will die. His execution was originally scheduled for August 27, 1979. However, on August 25th, Justice William Rehnquist issued a stay order in the state of Nevada to answer a series of questions. The stay was later extended until September after the stay was lifted. Bishop was scheduled for execution on October of 1979. So, yeah, when he was just this little thing, you know, statement he made, because when sentence Wednesday, he said his execution gas chamber will be one of the most unpleasant events in his life. I, I guess he thought it was going to be every, it was supposed to be pleasant. They got in the gas chamber, but yeah, that's what he said. But he also added, I'd rather have done it now and have it over with. He wants to hurry up and get this thing done with early court comments. Like, I'm, I'm guessing because of the situations, I know Gary Gilmore realized the situation that the people, what he did, and I don't know if he realizes that or he's just getting tired of being a heroin addict. You know, I guess he just thought that it was if he got left out, you know, let out of prison, he'll continue his ways, and this is the only way he felt to get out of it. But only he knows. He's not talking right now. In early court documents, Bishop said, if I beat every case in this courtroom, there wouldn't be a hole in the wall for me. California has me booked solid. I'm on parole for two life sentences. So, yeah, he was definitely a habitual offender, for sure. So the public defenders, Kirk Linhart and George Frenzen, were able to appeal Bishop's Clark County District court conviction at the state Supreme Court, but not without a fight from the defendant. And the appeal was rejected. When the appeal was filed, Bishop fought it by asking the court, how can justice be served by allowing a man to plead guilty and then being forced, forced him to appeal? He added that he had a right to be punished. Bishop also pointed out the case of Gary Gilmore, the first person, remember, when we came back to do these full episodes, instead of three episodes, three people, was our first guy was Gary Gilmore, who sought his execution in Utah, saying that the U.S. Supreme Court can, court had affirmed the right of convicts to be punished. When his public defender attempted to argue, when he attempted to argue that their clients did not deserve a death sentence because of mitigating circumstances, because he wanted, I mean, come on, the guy won a Purple Heart while serving as a paratrooper during the Korean War and became hooked on heroin only after being administered morphine by medics for a battle injury. He promptly, of course, he fired that guy. So across from this, the prison, the, the pros, he has the protesters. Of course, there's always will be protesters. Across from the prison, however, about 50 candlelit carrying protesters stumbled to silent expressive rage to the official killing a bishop, with two U.S. Supreme Court justices had called State, they, they just what they called. They said state assisted suicide because Bishop's attitude on all this. They actually had a big blue cloth that they had written on it with a lantern in the back, lantern on the back, so they could see it. The people in the jailhouse could see it. They painted, "Why do we kill people who kill people to show that killing is wrong?" Which makes sense. You think about it. You know, you killed that person, so we're, now we're going to kill you. So there, there was no answer from the prison. Only lights from the two windows high on the northeast corner of the stone block building where Bishop was executed. The execution could could have been stopped or delayed at any time, but only by Bishop. He firmly refused to appeal, refused to plead for his life, refused to put off what he called the inevitable occupational hazard 
execution of his choosing, perfection. He just wanted to get it over with. So he like so his last meal before we start. What was his last meal? His last meal was filet mignon, tossed salad with Thousand Island dressing, asparagus, baked potato with sour cream, and unspecified dessert. Bishop was executed. Forty. He was executed. Forty-seven-year-old Bishop had a last meal. I just told you. And after he got his a meal, there was a phone where he could have called the governor for a last-minute stay or appeal or some kind of you know help. But instead of doing that, he he called the cook, you know, to compliment him. I'm like, man, the steak was cooked perfect, medium rare, seasoned right, everything, steamed vegetables, was baked potato, all the toppings on was amazing. <laughs> I'm assuming they they don't say what he was saying, but I guess we don't know because the cook never answered. He said, in another statement, he said, "This is just one more step down the road of life that I've been heading to all my life." So in early hours of October 22nd, Bishop was led to the Nevada gas chamber by prison guards. Jesse Bishop, as he stepped in the gas chamber in November in Nevada on October 22nd, 1979, he said, well, the Lord is going to get another one. Okay, we shall soon see. He was strapped into one of the death chairs. Of the, There's two chairs in there, so... And execution via the gas ventilation proceeded, proceeded. Once they locked him in there, they proceeded. 14 people witnessed execution. Bishop was pronounced dead at 12.21 a.m. by prison officials. Bishop was the third person to be executed in the United States since 1976 after Gary Gilmore and John Spinkelink. He was also the first person to be executed in Nevada since 1961. Bishop was the last inmate in Nevada to be executed via the gas chamber. Ex executions thereafter have been carried out by lethal ejection in the same chamber. He had three wishes before he was executed. He said he wanted to be with a woman. Nope. To have a fifth of Jack Daniels. Nope. And to be executed with dispatch. And a few minutes after midnight that day, the people in Nevada granted Jesse Walter Bishop with only the last one. And I, my dumbass had to look up what, what they mean by dispatch. It's just a quick and effective way. No, no problem. So, after he got killed, don't forget the protesters, they called him out. You know, when it was over, the telephone rang in the guardhouse by the gate, and Howard Powell of the prison staff emerged to say Jesse Walter was pronounced dead at 1221 a.m. Here's what I found interesting. I'm going to try, if I could find it, I'm going to start doing these on these episodes as well with the cost of it. Now, keep in mind, this was 79 costs, so I don't know what they were cost now. I guess I could have, you know, put in my head. You know, actually figured it out. But maybe there's something you could do and let me know. Execution costs, execution of Jesse Phillips cost taxpayers as much as $20,000, which is not bad compared to today's standard, what it costs. I heard it cost millions. Most of it was special, spent on special guards to watch a death row inmate. Prison officials said maximum security prison warden Bob Lippold, Lippold, L-I-P-P-O-L-D, Com commenting on the cost, committing on the cost before Bishop's execution earlier today, said that commented, said the tab would be between fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, which is not bad. I heard it, it could be up in the millions now for death row. It actually costs less to house somebody than it costs a death row because all the appeals and all the everything they have to go goes along with that. So there you go. There's the my Monday episode of. of 
Jesse Walter Bishop, executed in Nevada via gas chamber for the murder of a man who was just trying to enjoy his, his marriage, his wedding. And just two or three hours later, he was executed. I mean, I guess you could say he was executed because he, he did kill him. David A. Ballard shot him. David A. Ballard was shot. I'm, I'm all confused. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. If you like that, until I start messing up the names, getting confused like an asshole, Jesse Walter Bishop was the killer. David Ballard was the victim. He's the one who got murdered. But if you enjoyed the telling that story, please rate and view and anywhere you go, you want listen to podcasts, join my actually subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm really trying to get a thousand subscribers on it so I could go live on it. YouTube has some weird thing where you have to have a thousand subscribers because I do go to a lot of being a truck driver as I'm now if I stay a truck driver. I do go to a lot of areas where crime happened and I would like to start putting stuff like that on my YouTube channel. But unless I record it, well I'm gonna go live. Yeah, because I want to be able to maybe interact with some of y'all while I'm doing these live videos. That'd be amazing. But yeah, join my Facebook group also at Truck Stop Murder and True Crime. Same as Instagram is Truck Stop Murder and True Crime. And Twitter at Truck Murder. You could, if you want to help me, I'll try to get a better equipment because I've been struggling with this mic arm since I've started. It keeps dropping down. If, if I, my voice fades in and out, I do apologize. My microphone arm broke not too long ago and I need some help. <laughs> But yeah, you could do PayPal at trucks.murder at gmail.com or you can email me there too if you want to or at gary.howard5 at yahoo.com. Also, Patreon. I have a Patreon channel at trucks.murder true crime. If you want to become, I'm going to start doing Patreon episodes soon. So hopefully we'll get that started. And as always, hopefully y'all join this episode. And like I say, you can't fix stupid, but you can sure numb it with a 2 by 4 I am out of here.